All right, today we are going to talk about the virtue of patience. Uh, kind of a, I say kind of, it's always accurate, apt, apt always a, uh, appropriate, but perhaps particularly now. What sort of things require patience? I encountered one of these things this week. I'm sure you did as well. How about the question why from a two-year-old? Gwen has started asking why. She 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 did the classic, I said a thing, she said why, I answered it, she said why, I answered it again, she said why. Incidentally, no matter how what you start with in the chain, that chain of whys always eventually ends up because God made it that way. That's always how it's going to end. Uh, that required some patience. Uh, the endless question of a two-year-old, 83 times in a row, the same thing. How about waiting in line at the DMV? Oh, man. I think that requires patience. Of course, nobody's doing that now because I think the DMV is closed. Uh, how about waiting for this pandemic to end? Do you think that requires some patience, perhaps? Patience is one of the most mentioned Christian virtues. As we think about virtues, a good quality, a characteristic, perhaps. It is, of course, one of the fruit of the Spirit. It is a quality or, or a, a, a attitude that we're commanded to have again and again and again in scripture. Today we're going to consider patience, what it is, how it should manifest in our lives. We're going to look at it in, in three different uh, points or three ways. First, we're going to consider the patience of God as we think about patience, like many Christian characteristics. This is at first exhibited in the Creator. Uh, many of many Christian now some Christian characteristics are not because God is different than us. He's infinite and perfect. But this one is a, a quality that God possesses and he commands his children to possess as well. So let's look at the patience of God in a couple of scriptures as we consider patience and what it should be for us. Let's first look at Romans 2, 2 through 5. We know, uh, Romans 2, 2 through 5, we know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. What things? Hypocrisy, wickedness, various things in Romans that he talked about. Uh, he's thought, do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Of course, the answer is what? No, you won't escape the judgment of God. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. The, the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience. What do we see in the patience of God in this text? How is God exhibiting patience? And this is the primary way that God exhibits patience in general is the delaying of wrath, isn't it? That's the primary way that he exhibits this patience. We can think about the passage in in. Uh, 2 Peter 3, God is not slow to fulfill his promise, but is patient towards you, right? The delaying of judgment of God, why does he do that? Why does he have patience with us? Ultimately, what does Paul say? The patience of God is meant to lead to repentance. If God is patient with us, that's for our benefit because it gives us more time to repent, more time to teach others, more time to evangelize. So God's patience, and, and the, the fact that he says patience means what? Do you think God gets tired of dealing with our sin? I say tired in the sense he doesn't obviously get fatigued, but frustrated with dealing with the sins of, of his creation. And so he delays, he waits, he exhibits patience in dealing with us. 
not just ending the world and sending judgment upon us, but giving us more time to repent. We could think about 1 Timothy uh, 1, 15 through 17. 1 Timothy 1, 15 through 17. The saying is trustworthy and, and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me the, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who are to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. Uh, the patience of Jesus Christ in what? Again, patience in dealing with sinners. Isn't, again, that the primary point here? As we think about God's patience, He, uh, the idea of bearing with Paul. Well, Paul doing a bunch of bad stuff against the church, and Jesus could have just smote him. Right? And I think that's the thing that Paul is thinking about here. I was the, the foremost sinner. I was persecuting the church of God. Jesus did not just smite me or strike me down, but he he had patience with me to bring me into a state of repentance. And of course, we're thinking about God not immediately dispensing the judgment or dispensing the 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 wrath that he could. He is bearing with that term bearing with. He is putting up with us, not that he's going to let it let sin go obviously, not that he's just going to just going to, uh, can't think of the right word, just lost the word. Not that he's going to just ignore sin, right? But he is bearing with our faults in order to lead us and bring us into repentance. This idea of bearing with is is one of the key ideas of, repent, of, of patience. And we think about the meekness of Jesus, that's part of what this is, right? Not exercising every right you have, not exercising every opportunity to, to get even or to have judgment or to have justice, not doing that, but holding back. That's patience. So we turn secondly then, the patience that we are to have towards one another, as God has instructed us in a number of passages. We'll read Colossians. Colossians 3, 12 through 13. Colossians 3, 12 through 13, as we think about uh, God's instructed patience for us. Put on then as God's chosen ones, who's that? That's us, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. It's interesting how these words are tied together as we look at the passages a couple back. The kindness and forbearance and patience, and we're linking that again here in Colossians. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. We're seeing some similar attitudes here. And of course, what? Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, then forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. I don't think it's a coincidence that when we think about the patience of God, a key component of that patience is forgiveness. Why is he patient? Because he wants to forgive us, right? Isn't that the point? Why he hasn't just sent judgment and wrath upon us is he wants to forgive us and give us the opportunity to repent so that he can do so. So when we think about the patience that we are to have with one another, it's very similar in, in now. It's not the same because, again, God is eternal and perfect and infinite. He's the judge and we're not. And there's some differences, of course, in that. But if God's patience manifests in dealing with his creation, then our patience must also manifest as we deal with his creation, his, the people that he has made. It is something intimately connected with these other attributes, right? Kindness, humility, meekness. These contribute to our ability to be patient with one another. Jesus was patient with us first. Bear, he, uh, 
not bared, bore with us. Is it bore? I don't know the past tense of that. He, he dealt with us in a patient way first. So we, of course, then have an obligation to do that to others. And part of that, as the text says in Colossians, is forgiveness. The way we manifest patience towards others is in forgiving them. Now, this is one of the primary ideas I want to draw out of these texts. Patience involves the idea of letting go. When we think about forgiveness, the word forgiveness, of course, one of the, the primary meanings of that word is to let go or release uh, a debt. Now, it, it is a, in some senses a maybe a, a legal term or a, a finance term, right? That there's this debt that you have that somebody owes you and you let go of that debt. You release that debt. That's the idea of forgiveness. That is inherent in the idea of patience, is that we're letting go or releasing something, whatever it happens to be. As we think about being patient with one another, maybe we're letting go of our annoyance. Somebody's annoying to us. We're being patient. We're bearing with them. Or somebody has done something bad to us. Well, we're letting go of that so we can be patient with them and keep dealing with them. And ultimately, when we think about the patience of God, how many sins did you commit last week? And yet God still heard your prayer was still working in your life, was still blessing you. He is patient with us. That's how we're to be patient. Let's read another passage in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Again, we're seeing some similar attitudes. Gentleness instead of meekness here, right? But we're still seeing humility. We're seeing this idea of bearing with one another. These ideas are all connected ultimately. And if we're eager to maintain unity fellowship, perfect harmony with one another, then I have to be patient with you. If I want to be unified, I have to let go of maybe some things that you do that I don't like. Now, when we think about sin, ultimately we're, we're going to hold each other accountable, right? We know that. And we're, we're trying to bring people into repentance, obviously. But there are a lot of things in life that are not sins necessarily that maybe are not my preference or things that I don't like. And, and I'm going to bear with you in those things. And even the sins that you commit, I'm still going to bear with you in that. I know that you're trying your best. I know that you make mistakes. I know that you mess up because guess what? I do too. So I'm not just going to immediately write you off. I'm not going to immediately seek vengeance. I'm not going to immediately uh, just be done with the relationship because you made a mistake because I don't want you to do that for me. And that's not how God dealt with me. I'm going to be patient with you. Especially when people are broken and sinful. We need to be patient because God is patient to lead them to repentance. And so should we. And what are we letting go of? What are we releasing as we're being patient with one another? Well, maybe I'm letting go of having my way. Maybe I'm letting go of, of doing exactly what I want to do. And it could be in any number of circumstances. Remember what love, it, the two of the qualities of love in that 1 Corinthians 13 passage, love does not insist on its own way and does not keep a record of wrongs. Is that not what we're talking about when we talk about patience? That we're not insisting on our own way and we're not just remembering all the bad stuff all the time? That we're bearing with one another in love. Now, this is a struggle we have eternally being patient with one another because people do stuff you don't like. I understand that. But one of the things I think we're mostly struggling with right now, I keep, I got to not hit the table. It really jostles the mic. One of the things we're really struggling with now is 
patience manifested not towards people, but towards circumstance, right? Uh, it, patience in difficult circumstances, not necessarily with people, but we think about what we're dealing with now, the pandemic. There's some patience involved in that. And really, in some sense, when we think about being patient in circumstance, we're thinking about being patient with God, directing patience toward God. Let's read a passage in James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. James chapter 5, 7 through 11. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another. Patience with one another there, uh, brothers, that you so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. What do we see here? When we are being patient in difficult circumstances, patient in suffering, we are directing that patience in some way toward God. What are we asking? God, why have you not resolved this yet? God, why have you not made this better? Why are you letting this continue to go on? And how many prophets ask that question? How long, O oh Lord? Will you let this continue? Maybe you've asked that to God in the last four weeks, six weeks. I don't know. Probably. I have. I'll be honest. I have asked God, why are you letting this continue? Why did this thing happen? I don't know the answer. Ultimately, there are some reasons we might speculate about. But ultimately, enduring this persecution and put this word back up there. Steadfastness, right? Establish your hearts. We consider those blessed who remain steadfast. Now, in James, ultimately, he's talking about the coming of the Lord, right? And maybe the Lord will come back before COVID is over. Could happen. I don't know. But even if he doesn't, we're still having to be steadfast and patient and enduring. And what are we letting go of? If we think about patience as ultimately releasing or letting go of something, in this circumstance, we're letting go of what? Well, I'm letting go of my desire to have everything be exactly the way I want it to be. Because it's not going to be. Things are not exactly the way I want them to be. Circumstances are not the way I want them to be. And I'm going to have to let go of that. I'm going to have to let go of the idea of clinging or, or trying to make happen everything to be in the way that I want it to be for the benefit of other people, for the benefit of the church, for the benefit of the community. I'm going to have to release or let go of having my way, my desire for things to be normal. Isn't that patience? How I would patiently endure this circumstance is I would not let my desire for normal life consume me. I would let go or release that desire. Not that I won't feel it, but I won't let it be something that controls my behavior. Letting go of getting your way is the key to patience. Ultimately, I think about patience as we endure Waiting for the Lord to return, isn't that what I'm letting go of? God has his time. God has, he knows when it's going to be. I don't know what it's going to be. I'd like him to come back. But I have to let go of that and let him be in control. That's the only way I can remain steadfast and endure. Hebrews 6, 9 through 12. Let's read Hebrews 6, 9 through 12. This is the last verse we'll read this morning. 
Hebrews 6, 9 through 12. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not so unjust as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown in His name for his name in serving the saints, as you still do. We desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the same full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. What's the point? This is the Hebrew writers really saying a little bit, extending what James said, right? When he says, be steadfast, establish your hearts. Well, what is the Hebrew writer saying? Keep doing the good stuff, right? Being patient is not just enduring it by sulking. Well, well, I have to deal with this, so I guess I will. That's not patience. Patience is, yeah, I know this is a bad circumstance, but I'm going to keep doing good things. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep helping. I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep praising. Even though things aren't the way I want them to be, even though things aren't the way that are happy for me, I'm going to keep doing good stuff, even though things are difficult. That's patience. And I like what the Hebrew writer says. I'm going to put it up there one more time. God is not so unjust as to overlook your work. It might feel like he is. Ah, nothing's better. Nothing's getting better, God. Why, why are you doing this? But he sees it and he knows and he understands that things are difficult and you keep persevering and you keep doing good things and you keep submitting to his will. When does being patient end? Well, it's not when COVID's over. I hate to break it to you. Patience is something you're going to have until you die or until the Lord comes back. Those are the two options for ending your patience. So as we're learning patience, it's not just to get through this one part of our lives, this pandemic, but patience is a virtue, a characteristic that we need in every aspect of our lives. We're going to be patient with one another. And yes, we're going to have to be patient with God. Not that he's wrong in not coming back, but I still am having to be patient with him because I really would like him to fix some stuff that he's not fixing. And and I'm sure he has reasons, right? Part of the, the, the idea of Job, Job who was so angry and bitter, but ultimately knew that God knew it was best. I know that God knows what was be- what is best. So I'm having to let go of wanting it my way. Because guess what? My way might be horrible. My way might really not be the best, and God knows that. That's what we're trying to do when we're patient. Waiting is hard, I know. I don't know how much longer we'll have to wait to have worship, but be patient. Let go of having your way. I am glad that I am not an elder, because there's a lot of elements to this that are complicated that are difficult to figure out and parse out and, and try to f- decide what the best course of action is. We need to be patient with not only God as we're waiting for this situation to be resolved, but with each other as we're working through this difficult circumstance. I know that waiting is hard, but it is a characteristic that is commanded to us because God himself has it. And so we need to cultivate it in our hearts. Let's end in a prayer. And then we will conclude with some more announcements and then we'll be done. God, we ask that you please give us patience as we are enduring a a weird circumstance. Give us patience as we try to do what's best for your church and best for one another and best for the community. As we are not just trying to do what's best for ourselves, but we're trying to do what's best for uh, 
your kingdom and your glory. Give us patience. Give us endurance. Help us to keep doing good things as we wait. Ultimately, we know that our patience is for your son's return. We uh, wait for that day eagerly. In Jesus' name, amen.